Hey, Nay, how's this trip compared to the other trips we've done here? Is it good, as good, better, or not as good? Better. Well, there you have it. So <laughs> Disney is clearly catering to, the, catering to the audience that controls the pocketbook. Hey, everybody. Before we get started with tonight's show, I wanted to start with an exciting announcement, which is that we have opened up a phone line. So one of our Patreons at some point suggested that we offer the ability for folks to be able to call in and leave us questions or comments on the show that we could put on the air. And I have finally gotten around to doing just that. So we are using a Google Voice number. It has a Nebraska area code for <laughs> no explainable reason other than that Google Voice is probably filled up with uh, numbers in our area. So I want to give you that phone number right now. We opened it up to our Patreons early. So our Google Voice number is 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. We'll also drop it in the show notes. Call that number. Leave us your messages. We want to hear from you. We want to answer your questions. Take your comments. Get your feedback. Call that number. Leave us a voicemail. We can't wait to start this segment of the show on a regular basis. Thanks, everybody. And now here is our first voicemail. Hey, Brian and Sam. It's Jonathan Heil. I just have one question for both of you and then one just for Sam. So my First question for both of you, I, I want to know what is the best port adventure or shore excursion that you've ever been on, whether you booked it through DCL or you booked it independently, it doesn't matter. Uh, then my second question just for Sam is which uh, is your favorite musical that you've seen either on Broadway or with a touring production? Thanks, guys. Well, I am so excited that we get to do this segment now and even more excited that our first caller is Jonathan Heil. Thank you, Jonathan, for calling in. I know you're a longtime listener, first time caller. So Port Adventure, since we both get to answer it, I'm going to do that one first and then I'll hand it off to Sam so she can answer both your questions. But Port Adventure for me, I would say that, you know, look, outside of Castaway Key, my favorite port thus far on Disney Cruise Line has been that Catalina stop that we did recently on a cruise. I thought it was a fabulous port stop. This may sound kind of generic, but uh, I really, really enjoyed my time parasailing in Catalina. I've done parasailing in Castaway Key and it feels relatively short, whereas on Catalina, I felt like I got a ton of time. It was beautiful views. We could get really close up to the ship. And so I thought that was a really, really fun port adventure. I'm actually going to pull a Sam and give you two bonus answers here because I think I know which one she might end up picking as her favorite. And I want her to say that one. If she doesn't, maybe I'll give you a fourth. But um, the the two others that I have really enjoyed on Disney Cruise Line. One is that we did some zip lining on one of our shore excursions. I think, where was that, Sam? That was in St. Martin. No, not the downhill one. I'm talking about the tree canopy one that we did on our 11 night Southern Caribbean. That was in St. Kitts. St. Kitts. Was it St. Kitts? Yeah. So I really enjoyed the treetop zip lining that we did. Uh, if a great memory of Sam was really freaked out to do this zip lining. And actually the two times that she's done zip lining, she's been terrified of it. And both times she's had such a blast. Uh, but I thought the tour operator on that tour was fantastic. And they, they got Sam all hooked up and basically started talking to her and then just let her go without telling her, which got her like off and 
having a great time. And we just had a blast on that one. And I thought I thought the zip lining was really, really fun. My other big pick is just like it's a perennial favorite. So the Eastern Caribbean itinerary is our go to on Disney Cruise Line. If if we can't book anything else, we'll book that. And my absolute favorite beach in the Caribbean is Megan's Bay Beach. And so that's one where we've done it with Disney. I think it's overpriced and you don't get as much time at the beach as I would like. And I think it's just as easy potentially to grab a cab over to Megan's Bay because there's a bar over there where I'm sure that they can call you a cab. And I feel like they've had cabs waiting in the past. I don't know what the situation is with Megan's Bay right now with COVID and everything, but pre-COVID, that beach was amazing and it was one of our favorites to visit. So those are those are some of my picks. I still think my top pick is the uh, parasailing in Catalina Island because that's been one of my favorite ports that we visited. But we have many more port stops ahead too. So someone asked this question in the future because after we go to Norway or Alaska, we may have some new ones with some helicopter tours or some dog sledding in our future. So Sam, thus far, favorite port adventure for you? Can I give three? <laughs> I mean, I just did. <laughs> okay, so I I also loved Catalina. I didn't do the parasailing, but I was going to say the the driving around the island in the golf cart on our own on Catalina, which was not a port adventure booked through Disney. That was just a rent on our own. So that was a highlight for me. But the one that I was actually going to pick initially, there were kind of two I was deciding between. Uh, both of them from our Southern Caribbean cruise. Uh, neither of them, the the one that Brian picked, the St. Kitts zipline. The the top one I loved from that Southern Caribbean one, I would say, was in Martinique, where we did a catamaran. It was kind of an all-day excursion where we were on a catamaran. We went snorkeling. We had lunch on the catamaran. It was just a beautiful day. We had wonderful Caribbean-style fish on board. And we also made some really great friends, Tracy and Michael, who we had on the show, we've had on the show a couple of times. Actually, we need to have them back on again because it's been quite a while since we've uh, chatted with them. But yeah, I loved that excursion. Another one I really liked on that same cruise was in Aruba. We did the De Palm Island uh, excursion where we got like a private cabana. And basically, it's just like a private beach, kind of similar style to like a Castaway Key type excursion. Only this one was also obviously not Disney owned. But the, both of those excursions that I've referred to are both booked through DCL. The excursion Brian talked about that was ziplining was booked through DCL, as was the Catalina parasailing excursion. So most of what we've done as far as excursions have been booked through Disney. But yeah, that's what I would say. Well, Sam, I'm going to hand it right back to you because Jonathan's second question is your favorite Broadway production, traveling cast or not. I know the answer to this maybe, but I, I'm, I'm curious to hear. And I'm going to hold you to one. I'm going to hold you to one. You're not going to cheat. You're not. No, you're not cheating. You got to pick one. Pick one. And I'm promptly going to not give you one because I have my two favorites are 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 tied, both of which I've seen the traveling cast of and I've not seen the Broadway production of, but it's the national tour. So it's the same as the Broadway production. Dear Evan Hansen and Come From Away are tied for first. They're both amazing, amazing musicals. I, you're looking at me crazy because you were thought I was going to say Hamilton. Hamilton is amazing also, but I actually think Dear Evan Hansen and Come From Away just both give me, well, they all give me all the feels. I cry in all three of them. So yeah, if I, I guess if I had to pick a third that would be close or a tie, maybe Hamilton. A production I haven't seen in a really long time that I saw on Broadway was um, Damn Yankees with B.B. Newworth, which is a fantastic production as well. And so if I went really far back in my memory, that was another one that I thought 
thought was fabulous. But again, someone reached back out and asked this question later because after September, it could be back to the future of the musical on, on London's West End. So we don't know. Well, that's that's it for our call-in session. We're opening the phone lines now. So if you've got questions, comments, whatever, give us a call. We'll throw them on the air and, and listen to them, respond to them, as long as they're appropriate for the uh, family audience that we have. Uh, but we can't wait to hear more from everybody. So hope this is a fun segment and uh, that we keep it going. Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast. And dare I say, it might be the Disneyland Duo Podcast this week because the duo is traveling down to Anaheim. We are sitting poolside at the Grand California right now, taking a little bit of a break from the parks as Nathan swims around the Grand California pool. Actually, he's in the hot tub now that I'm looking out there because I don't see him in the pool, which made me concerned for a second. But he is in the hot tub and I am sitting in, I don't know, what is this, a settee, a chaise lounge? I can't remember the name of these things. It's like a round settee, but I don't know. It's like a, yeah, it's like a round couch thing. Well, that is my lovely co-host, Samantha Canner, who I was working to introduce. So we are sitting poolside by the Grand Cal Pool and just enjoying a little bit of time away from the parks right now. And so let's talk about day one, morning one of our Disneyland trip. What a morning it was, Sam. What are some of the highlights for you? I would say highlight number one Toy Story Midway Mania. It's been a while since we've been on that. The last time we were on it was last June. It's definitely a favorite of mine, a favorite of Nathan's, and also Web Slingers. Web Slingers, we got to go on actually twice because on our first go-around on it, Nathan knocked off his 3D glasses somehow during the ride. They were no longer in the ride vehicle, so probably broke down the ride at some point thereafter. Um, but anyway, we told that one of the uh, cast members as we were getting off, and they let us go on a second time. And Nathan killed it with his score. My goodness. Yeah, so Sam is bringing up highlights where she scored high on Midway Mania. She was a uh, uh, highest score in the car. And then Nathan's highlight, highest score in the car on Web Slingers. So, and that Web Slingers is first of two magical moments today because my biggest highlight was getting to ride Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout solo. No one else in the ride vehicle with me. The car was completely empty. We did a rider swap and because of some mix-up on sending people down for that car, I ended up in a car by myself and had a blast dancing to the music. Great photo at the end. Uh, It was just an awesome, awesome ride. Will probably never, ever happen again for me, but it was a lot of fun, so got to do that. I will say, so Grand Cal has been fantastic in terms of uh, Disney land. We will do a bonus show this week on Genie Plus, which is its own special form of disaster for our family. Uh, it's just, it is not good as compared to what we used to experience with Max Pass. So we're going to talk about that separately, take it offline. But uh, they don't have like extra magic morning hours right now at Disneyland. They're working to bring those back by the end of the summer, it sounds like. And so park opens at eight. Security gate here at Grand Cal that leads directly into kind of the Pixar Pier area or the Redwood Trail area right by where Grizzly River Rapids is they were open clearly by 7 30 maybe even slightly earlier we don't know we got there around 7 40 7 45 gate was already open activated our annual passes which was the whole reason behind this trip photos taken cleared to head into the park and they were holding us at the rope this time which last time they did not last time we were here they were letting folks in early ahead of park open and still letting them wander around pixar pier and if rides were open they could go on them but this time held us at the rope park opened at eight and sam we knocked it out i mean we killed it this morning before nine o'clock we hit up a bunch of rides yeah that was when we hit up toy story nathan and i 
uh, or actually all three of us did it twice. Nathan and I went on the Jesse's Critter carousel twice while you hit up Incredicoaster. You know, well, a little bit after that, we ended up on Guardians of the Galaxy, Web Slingers. Um, we did Soren. Yeah, we had a lot of we had a lot of good rides. Oh, you did the Silly Symphony Swings, and you did Goofy Sky School with Nathan. And then I did Goofy Sky School with Nathan later. There's still more to do, but the ones that we really wanted to do, we hit a we got all of them except Radiator Springs Racers, which is shut down and not just shut down for the day. It sounds like it's going to be probably shut. down down for at least the weekend and perhaps longer. Yeah, some news right before we came. I guess there was some issue with smoke coming from one of the cars, and so they have completely shut down Radiator Springs Racers, which means, I'll tell you what, Cars Land was feeling pretty empty today. I mean, because all you have over there now is Luigi's and Tomaters and Flows. So, uh, so yeah, but got a lot done. Before 9 a.m., just a lot of good rides in for Nathan over on Pixar Pier. Starbucks, longest line of the day for Sam. <laughs> I think she waited in line for like a half hour to get coffee and breakfast. That was a long, long line. Food-wise, we hit up Pim's Test Kitchen, which did not disappoint. Had some great drinks from the Pim's Test Lab next door, which is where they do kind of the fun drinks and beakers and that kind of thing. So had good drinks there, had uh, good food at Pim's. We tried the, didn't try, we've had it before. We had the chicken sandwich. Uh, we had a Caesar salad and we had a pasta dish uh, that had an impossible meatball in it. And of course, being Pim's, everything was like, you know, chicken sandwiches, gigantic piece of chicken on a small slider bun. The pasta had like a huge meatball and then like a tiny little spaghetti-o sized meatball in it. And then the salad was, it had like a gigantic crouton, which was really just a piece of bread that had been toasted and, and with parmesan. Cheese. So I would say the Caesar salad was the weakest of the three. It was basically a Caesar salad you could get anywhere. It just been deconstructed a little bit. Chicken sandwich was pretty good. Disney knows how to do some tater tots. So tater tots that came with the chicken sandwich were great. Pasta was meh. Uh, it was okay. Not something we would probably seek out again. We were supposed to have dinner this evening at Storyteller's Cafe. We decided to skip that and we're just going to go back into the parks, uh, ride some rides after six and get some dinner at Flo's V8 Cafe. We just didn't feel up for the buffet. So we're just going to eat at Flo's V8 cafe tonight which will be nice and then we're going to see world of color so sam you want to talk about the you did virtual queue for world of color was that painful easy it was super easy because i was online right at noon so this is different uh this the only virtual queue that exists at disneyland at all meaning either California Adventure or Disneyland Park, is a virtual queue for World of Color. And it's for basically a reserved um, standing areas for both the 9 o'clock and the 10.15 show. I think on the weekends, they do both two shows. And during the weekdays, uh, non-holiday days, they do um, just one show. But anyway, I, I was able to get the first showing. Um, we'll basically get some kind of notification on the app that will tell us, like I think about an hour to 45 minutes before where we're going. And we'll get a better view of World of Color. Nice. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. I don't want to spend 45 minutes of our show talking about the first morning of our trip. We've got plenty more ahead of us, including a VIP tour on the last day, uh, some fun dinners along the way. So more to come from us. For now, we're going to leave it there poolside at the Grand California, sipping on, I don't even know what this is called, but some sort of delicious, some sort of prickly pear drink. And uh, we'll leave it there. So we'll be back in a little bit. 
All right, we are back coming to you from the Magic Key Terrace above Wine Country Trattoria in Disney's California Adventure. When we last left off, we were poolside at the Grand Cal, and since then we rounded out our first full day at the parks, had a little time in Disneyland itself, and have been back in California Adventure for the bulk of today, and so wanted to catch you up on what we have been up to. So Sam, after the pool... On our first full day, I'm trying to remember, where did we head after the pool? So after our time at the pool, we headed back to the room to change, of course. And then we headed back into Disney's California Adventure to eat dinner at Flo's V8 Cafe. Brian had uh, some fried chicken. Nathan had a hamburger and I had a club sandwich. We hit up a couple more rides that first night. and And then we saw World of Color. This is our first time seeing World of Color because Nathan has been pretty young since we've really been coming back to Disneyland and you're earnest and haven't wanted to keep him up. He's not been that into the nighttime shows. We've seen a few parades and Main Street Electrical Parade, that kind of stuff. I saw World of Color for the first time. I thought the show was much longer than I anticipated. Uh, did require us to join a virtual queue to get into kind of a, an area where we could sit on the concrete for 45 minutes to wait for the show to start. But the show was about a half hour long, which was longer than I had anticipated. I thought it was really well done. I thought the projection are really good on the water, incorporated fire. It was an impressive display, in my opinion. Um, I don't know, you know, this versus something like Illuminations or Fireworks at Magic Kingdom where it falls, but it was a good, it was a really good show. Yeah, I loved it. I thought the animation on the water was incredible, um, especially really liked the Little Mermaid scene and especially the, the Pirates of the Caribbean scenes, which is all they had up which is where they had all the fire effects. It was quite well done. Really good show. I think it was listed at 28 minutes, but I checked my watch and it was about 24 minutes when the show ended. That's the kind of accuracy that we bring to this show, folks. 24 minutes by the watch. Well, after World of Color, we called it a night. And next morning, we were up bright and early yet once again to get to Disneyland Park this time. I don't even know where to begin with our Disneyland experience. I, you know. I know where to start. We checked in through the the main gates of Disneyland Park and then we headed right back out of the park and went to Starbucks in downtown Disney to have breakfast and that way we could start booking our Genie Plus Lightning Lanes and our Dash Pass Lightning or Dash Passes without uh, actually being in the park and being able to sit and eat a leisurely breakfast. The one thing I will say is the park Starbucks oh my god you wait forever to get your food and your coffee but if you go to the downtown Disney Starbucks it's much faster. The only issue is you know, having to tap into the parks before you can start using DAS or Genie Plus. Yeah, and the other benefit of the Downtown Disney one is you can mobile order. So you can actually order as you're walking back from the parks, uh, get your breakfast, and then head back in. And by the time we turned around and headed back to the park, there were no real lines at the turnstiles. There were just a few minutes of waiting to get back in. In terms of rides, we hit up. Missed some of the marquee ones, so we're not big fans of the Matterhorn, or I like to call it a visit to the chiropractor. Uh, did not have a chance to do Space Mountain yesterday, but I'm hoping to get over there tonight, or spoiler alert, we have a VIP tour that we're doing on Monday, and I'm hoping that the group is planning to hit up Space Mountain since it has the Hyper Space Mountain overlay this weekend. Didn't do Space Mountain, but what we did do was Haunted Mansion, Nathan's first time on Haunted Mansion. And so, hey, Nathan, what did you think of Haunted Mansion? It wasn't that scary. It was quite funny, though. A good summary of the ride. Not scary, not too scary, but funny, which is how we positioned with him. But he had a good time on Haunted Mansion. Hit up Big Thunder Mountain. Hit up 
the Tales of Winnie the Pooh, which I think is kind of meh, in my opinion. Oh, Sam is making faces. She was wearing her Zero Bothers Given shirt yesterday, so she is a big Winnie the Pooh fan. Uh, but hit up uh, Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And we headed into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Actually, we took a train ride around the park uh, first, and then we headed into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to do Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, Rise of the Resistance, and Nathan and I built our third lightsaber in our collection uh, at Savi's Workshop. So we have hit all four themes except for the, I guess I would call it the power and security theme, I think it's called, or something along those lines. So we have to build the evil lightsaber the next time we're back, but have a fourth lightsaber in the collection. Hey, Nathan, what did you think of Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run? Uh, it was good. I didn't really have to do much, though, because I was an engineer. Nathan wanted the part of the ride that involved the least amount of buttons being pushed, and so... He was an engineer. I was a gunner. Sam was a pilot. We had a score of 9,800, which if anyone out there can tell me where that falls, I can't find any information online about the range of possible scores off of Smuggler's Run, uh, except an old Reddit thread that would suggest that our 9,800 was actually killing it on that ride, which I find hard to believe based on the quality of the piloting we had. But... um but we had a we had a fun time. We did get two coaxium and a detour into the asteroid belt. So uh, it was a fun fun ride. Uh, Rise of Resistance continues to not disappoint. Great pre-show rides, great ride itself. So had a lot of fun on Rise of the Resistance. And then uh, after Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Sam, where did we head after that? We headed to Indiana Jones, and this was Nathan's first time on Indiana Jones. Um, we gave him a little warning about what it would be like, but tried to tell him it wasn't really scary and. Let's get Nathan's review on Indiana Jones. Hey, Nathan, what did you think about Indiana Jones, the ride yesterday? It was it was fun, but but also I didn't like the air blowing. Oh yeah, there's the part where they they fake the darts blowing out at you of the wall, and uh, Nathan did not love the air blowing in his face part of it, but had a good time nonetheless. After Indiana Jones, we decided to take a break for the afternoon and uh, do a little in room time to cool off and rest, and then we hit up downtown Disney because Nathan wanted to see the Lego store and actually met up with a listener out there. So shout out to Chris who's been on our show a few times. Uh, and so I met up with Chris in downtown Disney and wandered over to Disneyland Hotel to see how the construction was progressing on the new tower. Tried to grab a drink at Trader Sam's, but it was hopping on Memorial Day weekend. And so we just kind of went back in. And then last night was dinner at Napa Rose. We had the Vintner's tasting menus with wine pairing and the food was delicious. I will say one, tables are still very spread out at Napa Rose. So you can tell they're still kind of in quarantine mode. And two, the server was apparently fairly new. And at several points, we kind of got the wrong dishes delivered to the table, which they quickly fixed. And so no complaints there. And uh, the error at dessert time was actually welcome because I ended up enjoying the dessert that they had brought in error. So um, it was a fabulous meal overall. I don't know, Sam, what did you think of the meal at Napa Rose last night? The meal was fabulous, but the wine pourings were a little heavy. (laughs) So I fell asleep shortly after we went back to the room. Yeah, we specifically asked at the beginning of the dinner like how the wine pours were and the server was like, oh, well, they're, they're really healthy wine pours. And I was like, no, no, I'm asking the other direction because I do not want to drink so much wine. I can't get back to my hotel room. And she assured us they were only two ounces each and they were not. They were easily four ounce wine pours with each glass. So um, it was a pretty hefty wine pour, but the food was delicious. Uh, the service was good, just not great. Really glad to make it back to Napa Rose. Did crash after dinner last night. Uh, got up early this morning. We've been taking it really leisurely in California Adventure today. We got into the parks 
early-ish, but not as early as we have the rest of the time we were here. I would say the park has been fairly empty in the mornings. Yeah, I would agree. In the mornings, it, before 10 a.m. is great in this park. Um, as long as you're not trying to go on the on Web Slingers, basically, or Radio Springs in, in other... Well, Radio Springs is closed, but if it were open, that would be the other ride that I would say would be crazy, you know, long lines. And, and same with Guardians. But Toy Story Midway Mania, really no line. If you go in shortly after park opening, you can do, hit up the Critter Carousel, the Symphony Swings, the the Ferris Wheel, the Inside Out uh, Whirl, whatever it's called, Emotional Whirlwind. You know, we, we hit up some of those Toy Story or Pixar Pier rides, and those are those never have crazy lines, except for Toy Story, typically. But in the morning, those are all really short lines, which is a really perfect way to start the day. So we've had a bunch of rides. We hit Web Slingers today. We hit Guardians. Nathan went on Guardians. He hasn't hadn't been on about a year, but he, he thought it was okay. He braved it. He, he didn't love it, but he liked it, I would say. And now we're sitting here at the Magic Key Terrace just having a nice little snack. Yeah, I'll say Nathan was grinning ear to ear throughout the Guardians ride itself, but it was an unnerving ride, I think, for him. So, I don't know, Nathan, what did you think about Guardians? I had to hold my ears shut because it felt like my eardrums would burst if I didn't. Yeah, so Nathan was not enamored with the noise and noise level of the ride, which actually is something I was going to say about the park in general. I found streetmosphere noise level and the ambient noise level here to be much higher than I've experienced in the past. Uh, band stages and things seem to be over amplified right now. It just is it's making for a really loud experience at times, even if you're sitting someplace where you just kind of want to have some peace and quiet for a few minutes and relax. So I don't know if that's intentional, accidental or what, but it does feel like the noise level inside the parks is getting higher. I've not been able to hit up in Credit Coaster yet today, but maybe after our snack here or later this evening, we'll try that out. We've not seen the Main Street Electrical Parade either, which, man, maybe we'll head over to Disneyland Park tonight after dinner. We're headed to Splitsville tonight for dinner. We're going to do a little bowling and have some have some food, and so maybe we finish up there, we can head into Disneyland Park and catch the Main Street Electrical Parade before we call it, a, call it an evening. I don't know, Sam, overall, what do you think about the trip? I have some thoughts, but what do you think about the trip overall i'm loving the trip i think this has been a great trip um you know there is it perfect no i mean there's nothing is ever perfect but it's been a a really really fun one i liked our pool time i liked the park time yeah i guess i'm a little bit harsher on this trip than i have in the past i would say the shine has come off disneyland for me with some of the changes that they've made uh, and things that they have not yet brought back i'm finding it hard to justify the per room night at a place like the grand cal at disneyland whereas before I might have defended it based on the quality of the hotel, the access to the parks. Uh, But now you don't have the early access returned yet. And I'll say the Grand Cal is, I don't know, at least our room is showing some signs of wear to it, which, you know, we're not staying DVC, we're staying cash. And I would expect for them to keep those cash rooms immaculate, uh, given that they're charging, you know, six, seven, sometimes $800, even more a night for uh, a pool view room, which, you know, is not any nicer than what I would experience paying $400 a night at the Times Square Marriott Marquis. So, you know, you're paying twice as much, and I don't think you're getting twice as many benefits. 
uh, and with the elimination of the early entry benefit, I'm just I'm I'm struggling to see what the benefits are of staying on property any longer, especially at the prices that Disney's trying to charge. I'm hopeful that they may have some plans to introduce some deluxe resort benefits. They're also now adding an entrance to Paradise Pier, which means that the you know budget friendly hotel in the park will have access to the park in the same way that the Grand Cal does. Maybe they won't do early entry there. I don't know, but it also leaves the Disneyland Hotel sort of out of the mix. Uh, you know, that hotel is getting a whole new tower with more capacity. Uh, Steakhouse 55, still no replacement there. I, I feel like they need a restaurant over there. I feel like they need two restaurants over there, quite frankly. Half of, or I guess maybe a quarter of downtown Disney is under construction currently. I don't know. Right now, we are big fans of Disneyland and the Disneyland Resort, but uh, I think the pricing and the benefits, it's making me its making me think twice about whether this is you know always the place we want to head for a long weekend or not. So also the same thing, I'll say we're dream key holders. I'm struggling to understand the benefits of being an annual pass holder right now, given that you still got to pay for Genie Plus and it's really not working well for us this weekend. So I think Disney's got an opportunity to maybe shape things up a little bit. Uh, I'm hoping they start to improve. We start to see some benefits come back. But uh, I'll reserve my final judgment until the last day of our trip. We do have a VIP tour that day that might turn things around for me. But um, right now, having a good time, having a fun time. Things are still great, uh, but they are not as great as they used to be. That's how I would leave it. I think we should get a little bit of a review on the trip thus far, or total trip from the plus one of the DCL duo, Nathan. Nathan, what do you think overall about this trip? It's been good so far. What's been your favorite part? Probably trying new rides. Hey, Nate, how's this trip compared to the other trips we've done here? Is it as good? Better or not as good? Better. Well, there you have it. So <laughs> Disney is clearly catering to the catering to the audience that controls the pocketbook. So we got one more evening here and then a f- most of the day on Monday. And so we'll come back with our final thoughts then. But for now, we'll wrap it up there. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own Disney vacations and just love, love, love our Touring Plans Travel Specialist. She waits on hold when we don't have time. She monitors cruise deals for us and rebooks to get us lower rates on some of the cruise lines that actually where the prices actually do go down, <laughs> like Disney Cruise Line. Uh, so she does watch those rates for us and rebook. She steers us toward cruises we would like and room categories and gives us suggestions. And so while we have our preferences, she's always there and available to help us out. And when we plan a parks vacation, it's just gotten so complicated of late with all the new Genie technology and everything. Like I-, I need to rely on someone who really understands what's going on. And she absolutely helps us there as well. So we love the folks over at Touring Plans. What we love most is that the philosophy of Touring Plans aligns with the philosophy of our own podcast. We're not out to sell you a Disney vacation. We're not travel agents ourselves. And so we just like to give our honest opinions and reviews. And I think you'll find the folks over at Touring Plans will also give you their honest opinions and reviews of different sailings and ships uh, and steer you toward the thing that they think is the best for your family. So remember, you don't pay anything extra to use a travel agent, especially when booking Disney vacations. Disney pays the travel agent at the time you travel. You're leaving money on the table. If you don't use a travel agent, you're certainly leaving expertise on the table if you don't. So we highly recommend the folks over at Touring Plans. Head over there. Check them out. Touringplans.com slash travel. Let them know the DCL Duo sent you to help support the show. And with that, back to our episode. All right, we're back. And we're at home. Our trip having ended earlier this week, we uh, we flew back home on Monday, and now we just want to wrap up our experience at Disneyland. We last left you, we were sitting on the Magic Key Terrace, having some snacks. And Sam, what did we do after the Magic Key Terrace? 
Well, we went back to our hotel for a little bit just for kind of a break, a rest. And then we headed to downtown Disney for dinner where we ate and bowled at Splitsville. Yeah, a little family bowling for the uh, the evening. Uh, you have to reserve bowling at Splitsville. And the way it works is you can go online and fill out a form and you reserve priority access to a lane when you show up in advance. You pay slightly more per person to reserve the lane. It's not really reserving a lane. It's more like reserving your spot in line so that when you show up, the next lane available goes to you. You also don't reserve the lane for an amount of time. They assign you amount of time based on the number of bowlers in your party. And so the more people you have, I think the lane accommodates up to maybe 10 people. But the more people that you have, the more time you get. So because there are only three of us, we had an hour and 15 minutes, which honestly was plenty of time. Uh, the lane comes with a table and a server. And so you have dinner and bowl at the same time. And I think we, if we had bowled maybe a little faster, we've gotten through three full games, but we got through two with our son and a little bit into the third game, which for me is plenty of bowling time. So had fun bowling with Nathan. I find the food to be pretty good at Splitsville. They got like sushis and pizzas and sandwiches and salads and just kind of a diverse menu, uh, almost, you know, kind of like a Cheesecake Factory style menu a little bit. But I think the food is pretty good. I don't know, Sam, what did you think of the bowling and the food? I thought both were really good. Uh, I think the pro tip I would give folks is that before you get deep into bowling, you order your drinks and your food because it was the perfect amount of time for us to eat and bowl in an hour and 15 minutes because we ordered our food, um, I don't know, probably just a few minutes after we got to our table in our lane. So that I would definitely recommend doing that. You know, order your drinks, order your food and start bowling. Uh, and while you're bowling, your food will be getting ready and, and brought to you. And then you sort of take breaks in between bowling to eat. Um, it worked out really well for us. I thought the food was really good. I, I actually think the food is much better um, at Splitsville than most of the places inside the park. I ended up having a Hawaiian pizza. It was a little bit too much bacon on it. I really didn't need bacon in addition to ham and, <laughs> and pineapple, but it was really uh, good. I thought the food quality was, was good and we had a, a good server. Yeah, and I had a sushi roll and a Cobb salad, I think it was, and both were delicious. So good food, good time had by all. Uh, after we finished up at Splitsville, we did head back to the park. We went into Disneyland Park because we wanted to catch the Main Street Electrical Parade, which is back at Disneyland right now for its 50th anniversary. And so not the 50th anniversary of Disneyland, but the 50th anniversary of the Main Street Electrical Parade. Disneyland just celebrated its 65th anniversary. Uh, so it was fun to go see that parade, but it is a bit of an ordeal. We got back into the park. I think the parade was at 8.45 was when it started. And I think we got back into the park around 7.30-ish. Uh, we decided to hang down toward the end of Main Street closest to the gates where the circle that goes around the big central hub is. Uh, and folks were already fairly well entrenched at about 740 for the all of those seats and probably earlier. So we ended up sitting behind some benches for a while on the ground uh, within a rope line that was not a walkway. And I'd say the crowd picked up pretty steadily over the next, you know, half hour. And then, you know, by the time the parade started, we were able to stand up and get a great view of the parade. But if you want seating for the parade, it seems like people are lining up or sitting down at least 90 minutes 
beforehand, probably more. Uh, we have heard, too, that sometimes they will cancel the early parade and they will ju- just announce that after people have already taken seats and they will just continue to sit there for another couple of hours. So the parade runs twice, once at 8.45 and I think once at maybe 10.15 or, or so, sometime after 10. Uh, and so people will just hang on to those seats. But I thought the parade was fun. It was nice to see the old Main Street Electrical Parade kind of back up and running. We tried to stay for fireworks, but the fireworks got canceled. So they were only doing the projections. They said that the winds were too high above Disneyland for the fireworks, which we heard they'd cancel fireworks a couple of times over the weekend. So did not get to see the Disneyland fireworks, but did get to see the Main Street Electrical Parade before we called it a night. I don't know, Sam, what did you think about the parade? I thought the parade was great. I definitely think people were sitting for the benches. I think people were probably sitting in those benches for well over two hours. And for most of the curb spots, people were uh, waiting in those spots for well over two hours. Um, So we were there, you know, perhaps uh, an hour and 15 minutes or so before. So it was perfect because we sat right behind the bench. So the folks who were sitting on the bench, we could see right over their heads super easily. So we had great views. We were right by the railroad, as Brian said. I thought the parade was great. It was very nostalgic, but it was also really nice to see that new float at the very end with all of the more recent Disney and Pixar characters, which so I thought that was really nice. Um, Yeah, it was a great parade. Only negative being that we didn't get to see fireworks. As Brian said, they did do the mixed magic show instead of doing the fireworks show. And so we decided not to stay for that. And we just headed back to the hotel because we had a full day planned for Disneyland the next day when we were headed on a VIP tour with some friends and friends of friends. All right. So on Monday, we got to sleep in a little bit because our VIP tour didn't start until 10 a.m. and the group was meeting up at 945. So that was a welcome resting morning because uh, we'd been go, go, go in the parks a few days before. So that sleeping in morning was really nice. Uh, I've taken to on some of our last days on trips, just doing a pool day as a way to rest and relax before we have to head home. But nice to get the extra time sleeping in. We got packed up. Uh, Sam and Nathan got some some breakfast. I had some coffee. And then we were off to meet up with our tour group, uh, our VIP tour group over at the front gates of Disneyland. We used to meet in the tour group garden, but it seems like they have stopped that. And so they're meeting, VIP tours are meeting up at hotels or just outside the gates at Disneyland. They do have expedited access into the park. So we didn't spend a ton of time dealing with tickets and such to get in. But met up with our tour guide at 10 a.m. We did have a full group of 10 people, which is a big difference between this tour and the last tour we took where it was only, I think, four of us on the tour. So much bigger group of people to shepherd around the parks. Um, Also some key marquee attractions closed. I think we mentioned this earlier, but uh, in case not, Pirates of the Caribbean is currently under refurb uh, and Cars was closed, or I should say Radiator Springs Racers was closed for the weekend and is still under uh, an unplanned unscheduled refurbishment due to some smoke appearing from one of the ride vehicles right before they decided to shut it down. So uh, two of those marquee attractions were not on the list, uh, but Rise of the Resistance was on the list, which the last time we took a VIP tour, Rise was not available as a VIP tour because they had the virtual queues running and this time around no virtual queues. So uh, we did get on rise. Our VIP tour was with some true Star Wars fans. So they definitely wanted to hit up Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I'd say the VIP tour, we hit a lot of rides. We we got on, started our day at Indiana Jones. Then we did the Jungle Cruise, 
rode the Haunted Mansion. Uh, we skipped Splash Mountain and headed straight for Galaxy's Edge at that point, I believe, where we rode Rise of the Resistance and then the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Stopped for lunch at that point uh, in the day. Uh, there were some snafus around our lunch with people's orders getting mixed up a little bit, hard time finding seating. Uh, and so at that point, the tour group kind of split up a little bit, which I think cost us some some time on the day. Uh, so I would say if you're looking at doing a VIP tour at Disneyland, make sure you've got kind of some good planning there around your stops and an agreement on where folks are going to stop and, and make sure folks have their lunches ordered and all of that sort of stuff. At that point, a few of us did go ride Big Thunder Mountain while some others were finishing up their lunch. We then walked over and did Snow White's Enchanted Wish, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland. We, I think, decided to skip the Matterhorn, as I recall. Uh, we were going to go on the Matterhorn, but a lot of people sort of opted out of that. So we decided as a group to skip it. Uh, we then went to Space Mountain. Uh, Sam and Nathan went and got some ice cream while we were on Space Mountain because he's not quite up to riding that ride just yet. Yet, uh, but we did head for Space Mountain, and at that point, we then park hopped over to California Adventure, uh, where the group did Guardians of the Galaxy, Web Slingers. We then headed for Incredicoaster, Midway Mania. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, everyone went to do Goofy's Sky School, so we did Goofy's, and we finished up the day with Soren, and so we did all of that between the hours of 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., right when the tour wrapped up. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a really full day. Big surprise of the day was that Nathan self-selected into riding the Incredicoaster for the first time ever. I've asked him about it a number of times, didn't even think to ask him about it this time, but when we said we were going to go do the Incredicoaster, he said, I want to go on. And so he and I rode the Incredicoaster, and he loved it. And so uh, that was an awesome way to finish out our day at Disneyland was uh, getting Nathan on the Incredicoaster. Uh, maybe for our Patreons, I will uh, do a little episode with Nathan talking about the Incredicoaster because uh, he was grinning ear to ear. I got a great picture of him that I'll share out uh, with our Patreon crowd. And uh, he had a great, 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 great time on the Incredicoaster. So had a fun day at the parks. Uh, Sam, we did a VIP tour before the pandemic. We did one after both times at Disneyland. I'm not sure that I see the value in the VIP tour at Disneyland because the parks are so compact and we were able to in a couple of days, ride all of these rides multiple times ourselves without a VIP tour guide. My own impression is if you're going to Disneyland for one day and one day only and you want to hit everything and you can get 10 people together, it might make some sense. Uh, if this is like your once in a lifetime opportunity to get everything done. And so I think I mean, you can get a lot done in a day, as I just sort of suggested. We didn't get everything done. We didn't get on every ride. But I think it's really that one day, one shot opportunity where it might make sense and you want to have 10 people there. And even then, it's a steep price tag on a per person basis. I personally, we haven't experienced one at Disney World, but I have a feeling there is a bigger argument for one at Disney World because they will shuttle you between parks. You can really have a day where you hit the marquee attractions in all four theme parks. I, I don't know how it works currently with the COVID protocols and the park reservations, but I'm assuming they have some workarounds and bypasses for the VIP tours at Disney World. But I, I, do, I don't know that I see the value in doing the VIP tour at Disneyland at this point, especially if you're a small group or you can just opt for maybe Genie and Lightning Lanes uh, and that kind of thing. I think you can get most things done in the park if you're just smart about getting there early focusing your attention on marquee rides in the morning. In fact, I'd say from 8 a.m. until noon, we could get most of the marquee rides knocked out in one of the parks. And so if you're there for a couple days and you do that 8 a.m. to noon and you're there early to get in, you can really in a half day get the marquee attractions, I think, knocked off your list. Maybe one day you'd have to extend out to one or two 
in the afternoon. Although with early morning magic hours coming back to Disneyland at some point here over the summer, I think that that also increases the capacity for you to kind of do these rides on your own without the expense of a VIP tour. I think the only other place a VIP tour could make sense is if you really want to delve into the history of the parks or get some behind the scenes stuff. Like we didn't get any of that because we focused on riding the marquee attractions. But on our last VIP tour, we did have some moments where the cast member was giving us some history of the rides or taking us behind the scenes a little bit to see some things. And so if you really want to have that experience and you don't feel like you're going to get that kind of tailored experience in like a Keys of the Kingdom tour, I'd say, you know, a private VIP tour might get that for you. But Sam, I don't know. What's your thoughts on the VIP tour? So I think the VIP tour has value, like you said, Brian, if you only have one day at the parks and you want to hit all the marquee rides. The other value is if you really want to do all of the Fantasyland rides, it's really the only way to skip the lines because the Fantasyland rides like Peter Pan, Alice, Snow White, Pinocchio, Mr. Toad, the Carousel, the Mad Tea Party, none of those are Fast Pass Lightning Lane, Genie Plus accessible. They're all line waiters in Disneyland. You know, if you want to hit all of those rides, plus the marquee attractions like Indiana Jones, Space Mountain, Haunted Mansion, you know, and Big Thunder, if you want to hit all of those, that's the value in doing the VIP tour. If you want to hit them all in one day. But as you said, Brian, I think if you start early in the morning when the parks first open, you can hit a lot of those rides early on before those lines get too long. Although Peter Pan is the one that seems to be the most difficult at Disneyland Park. So yeah, it was we had a fun day. You know, there were some some snafus, as you said, with lunch ordering, people not getting their order completed through the mobile ordering app. Um, big tip, mobile ordering is the way to go at either Disneyland or Disney World. The, oh, the other the, the other tip I would give is that if you're if you have a group of 10, I think pre-planning as to an itinerary is is key. It's a little bit difficult especially if you've got 10 people and you don't all know each other ahead of time. And so it it makes for as we ended up doing some splitting up at times, which probably meant that some folks didn't get to ride as many rides as they maybe wanted to. We pretty much stayed with the guide the whole time. And so I think we got probably a little bit more value at it than a little bit more value out of it than some of the other folks in our group. But yeah, all in all, it was a good day. Super packed. We were exhausted by the end of it. We headed um, to the airport and ended up eating dinner at the airport and then boarding our flight home. And we did not get home until I think about 1130 at night. So it was a long day. Yeah, so long day, but great trip. Had a lot of fun on this trip. Uh, we did get some questions about crowd levels in the parks while we were out and about. And I just want to say it does feel like the crowds are back. But I will just, again, emphasize if you can get into those parks at open or early uh, with early access coming back, I think later this year as announced by Disneyland for the resort guests who are staying on site. They were wide open in the morning. The parks were wide open in the morning. Lots of space, at least in California Adventure, I'd say that's the park we spent the most time in early in the morning. Uh, and it just it felt like the there wasn't a huge crowd, especially back in the Pixar Pier area in the morning. And so we could really hit kind of all the attractions in Pixar Pier in quick succession in about an hour, which saves, I think, a lot of time on your park touring day. So hit those parks early in the morning and we think you can get a lot done. And then the crowds really start to roll in, you know, mid-morning, 10, 11. And by the afternoon, it's, you know, back up to feels like a full capacity park at that point again. Uh, so very much still a locals park right now. So get in there early to get those rides done. But with that, we'll wrap up there. Hope you enjoyed our trip report from Disneyland. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled cruise content next week and very much looking forward to our own trip on the Wish here in about six weeks. Uh, that's going to be fun. So stay tuned for that. But thanks for listening. See you soon. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed our trip report this week uh, and a new segment, our voicemail segment. Remember, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, we'll throw it on the air and respond to your comments and questions. So number is 402-413-5590. So pick up that phone, leave us a voicemail, 402-413-5590. But hope you enjoyed the trip report from Disneyland. Like I said, we'll be back to our cruise content next week. Looking forward to getting back on brand for the DCL duo, but uh, always love talking about any of our trips we take. So hope you enjoy us sharing them with you. With that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from Sarah Christine, one, two, three, four, who writes, fun to listen to. The episodes are a fun way for me to learn and get even more excited about our first DCL cruise coming up in September. Sam and Brian are professional yet entertaining to listen to. I look forward to each new episode. Well, thank you, Sarah Christine. We really, really appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review. And to all of you out there who've left reviews, thank you so much. And for all of those of you listening who have not left us a review, please, please, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us one of those five-star reviews. It really helps us out. With that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. You can also head over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog to experience even more great content from the DCL Duo. Or you can browse over to dclduo.com for all of the ways to connect with us, our blog posts, our vlog, our podcast, our store for good. Head over there, check it out. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo or hit us up on our new voicemail number 402-413-5590. You can also head over to the DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a conversation with some like-minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo to choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to support the show. Thank you so much to each of them. You can also support the show by browsing to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Just please let them know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.